You are listening to the Empower with Ash Presents Survivor to Thriver podcast. My name is Ashley Turner and I have gone from a struggling single mother and domestic violence survivor who endured eight out of the 11 types of domestic abuse to an award-winning professional podcast host, chief empowerment officer and ebook author who is now continuing to become a Survivor to Thriver. For those that do not know what Empower stands for, it is Embrace Vulnerability, Motivation Starts With You, Passionate Purpose, Overcome Insecurities and Fears, Warrior Mindset, Escape the Story and Reflect, Recognize, Reset and Re-Engage. All podcast episodes support one or many of these principles through empowerment topics presented by myself or a story from a Survivor to Thriver guest. Now let's start empowering you to thrive. Welcome back to Empower With Ash Survivor to Thriver podcast episode. Today, I am kicking off Domestic Violence Awareness Month or Sexual Violence Awareness Month, depending on what country you're in at the moment as well. Um, But I really wanted to talk to you guys about love bombing. And I think this is a topic that I want to bring a lot of domestic violence sort of victims and survivors aware of because it has happened, no doubt, to all of us. Um, it's it's one of those things how it's a little bit grey. Like it's really hard to find it and be able to like box it into something because for me it really gets wired into uh, gaslighting as well. Like some of the techniques can be also gaslighting, but it's just a different method, a different manipulation method to it. And you may come across heaps of these signs. I think I've written down about 21 things that I have, I guess, experienced or I've heard others experience as well. So this is just bringing you guys self-awareness to the topic Some of it you'll be able to relate to and be like, oh, my Lord, this is happening to me. And then some other areas you might not be able to relate to. We all experience different things as survivors. And I think it's so powerful for all of us to come together and share our different versions and our different experiences with domestic violence because we do have that. We all have different experiences. We all go through a very similar motion, though, especially with um, the, I guess, the emotions you feel and everything like that. But every situation and every individual experiences a different thing or it hurts them to a different level, if that makes sense. So you may also, I just want to also point this out, you may not even be in a domestic violent relationship or have been in one to still have been love bombed because this is a big thing. Um, we as women, especially, we are taught when we are growing up that we want this buddy Prince Charming to come along and rescue us and you know treat us like bloody queens and all this sort of stuff. And that's what we are kind of conditioned to look for, not even realizing that we're walking into a red flag. We are walking into red flags because we look for that as a perfect relationship or we look for that as 
the ideal person a relationship that we need because we've seen it in movies or we're taught that as we're growing up as signs of a healthy um, relationship or the level of standards we look up to. Now, I'm not saying that these many of these gestures are actually very nice when you're not using it based on a manipulative intention as well. Uh, definitely, they are lovely. But this is more linking in with the, the emotional and mental abuse that you experience in a toxic relationship. Uh, and as I said, I've experienced many of these things. And it wasn't really until I got out of the relationship, started working through that trauma and deep lying issues that I realized I was dating a narcissist. And he was gaslighting me and he was love bombing me like so much. And he was not only physically hurting me, but emotionally and mentally and all that sort of stuff as well. So this is just another section to all of that. I know it's a little bit like onion layers to domestic violence. It's all these different uh, layers to it and different uh, methods that are used upon us as victims. So let me get through some of these. I'm going to try and make this as quick as possible, but knowing me, I'm going to bloody talk at you guys forever and a day. So the first one I have on my list is extravagant gifts and gestures. This is like, yeah, I'm not saying they're trying to build you the bloody Taj Mahal kind of thing, but when you've had an argument or they feel that you are pulling back a little bit and you're not running to them to go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, it's all my fault. They will come out of nowhere with, like, this extravagant gift or gesture. So when I reflect on mine, my abuser, well, like, after a major, you know, fight or something like that, if he hadn't tricked me, into making it feel like it was my fault. So this more started happening towards the end of the relationship as I started getting very much cluier and distancing myself from him. He obviously felt that and knew it was coming. And I would like go out and leave the house all day just to get away from him and go to friends' houses for coffee basically and live there all day and then come home and he would have cleaned all the house and done all the meal prepping and done all these things. And I'd be like, oh, okay, hi. But he would do that because he knew my love language was acts of service. But I'll tell you right now, this bloke never fucking did any of that ever. He would always expect me to do it. And if I started cleaning, then he would come yell at me that I'm doing it fucking wrong, like, he was one of those people. So I was like, oh, look at you kind of thing. Coming home and trying to fucking clean the whole house up. Or there was one time where it was my son's birthday and I had broken up with him or I was in the middle of breaking up with him. I can't really remember. All my friends were at the house. He left because he wasn't allowed there. He come home with like extravagant like gift. I think it was jewelry or something like that. Showed it off to me and was like, here you go, like in front of everyone, like really trying to fucking peacock it. That was a big love bomb. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's great. Uh, did not keep that jewelry, I tell you right now. 
And I did break it up into little pieces and send it to him later on. Isn't that great? I'm so charming. But it's one of those things. Like he never bought me anything like that. And then because he knew it was ending, he wanted to do some big grand gesture in front of other people. And he probably thought to himself that he was so fucking good and smooth. And every single one of the people that were there and seen that said, what a fucking idiot. Like, he has just blown all chances because I'm not that type of person to take a person back because you gave me a fucking bracelet. Like I'll go buy my own kind of thing. So think of things like that that they do to show like try love bomb you and get you back in by doing things that they know that you'll like or they're trying to actually make themselves look better, especially in front of other people. It's not really got anything to do with you. It's got everything to do about them. Um, another one is they will always like tr- like excessively like compliment you. So he never complimented me like ever. And then all of a sudden, if we were out in public with other people, he would always compliment me. And I'm just sitting there like, motherfucker. You used to say that I was disgusting and ugly and couldn't get better than you. And then as soon as we're out in public, you're like, Oh my God, I'm so lucky to have Ashley. She's like the most smartest, the most beautiful woman in the world. Bitch, an hour ago, you were saying I was fucking stupid. Like they would always do something like that to make, yet again, make himself look good in front of someone else. Um, the excessive communications, so always trying to text you, always trying to message you like a thousand times. I remember he used to always try to fucking call me if I was not picking up. Like I would have like 50 fucking phone calls there. It would give me fucking anxiety even looking at my phone. Um, So he would always do that or always like communicate with me. And if I didn't text back straight away, but like, what are you doing? Why are you texting me kind of thing? He was always like that and expected your response straight away Um with that kind of stuff. So that's another sort of love bombing technique that they do is they try in a way, make it look like they're making all the effort and giving you all this sort of time and affection and complimenting you and messaging you. But yet again, it's not for you. It's to make them look good. So then they have evidence to bring out, go, look how many times I called you. Look how many times I messaged you. I'm making the effort kind of thing. Because I guarantee you down, you know, weeks or months down the track, they'll flip it on you to say that you haven't made any effort. I know. It's one of those things. Another little gaslighting technique. That's why I'm saying they're very intertwined, some of these. Um, Another one is they demand, like, commitment. So, you know, it might be they demand um, that you stop, like, talking to other people. They demand that you move in really quickly or... Uh, you become boyfriend and girlfriend really quickly. Like they have these demands to show you that they're committed um, and that you're the like non-committal one. So it's like them go, but I really want to be with you. They're trying to lock you down before you figure out who they are. That's really what's happening right there. They demand like constant attention on them. <sighs> yes, like. I'm just having flashbacks to all of this. Like if I did not stop what I was doing to even 
listen to him or pay attention to him or whatever it was. Like he would lose his shit saying that I'm basically a piece of shit. I give all the love and attention. Like for, like he gives all the love and attention. I give nothing. Like everything that I contribute to the relationship is fucking nothing compared to he does, all that sort of stuff. Like if I would want to go out with like friends or anything like that, he would always find a way to demand that attention on him, no one else. Like it was his way of trying to isolate me, but guilt trip like me into saying, I always want to be with you. Why don't you always want to kind of, you know, be with me as well? Another love bombing technique that they do, always wanting the attention on themselves. And that is fucking exhausting because that's how you lose yourself and you lose everything else around you is because they want to be your center of attention. And he even demanded that I give him attention over my own son kind of thing. Like it was it got to that level of why are you always responding to him but not me? Mate, he's fucking three years old. Like, you're nearly 30. Get your own shit together and stop trying to get jealous of my connection, uh, like my relationship and my connection and love with my son. You know, like it was, it's very much like that. Um, they resist your boundaries. That I think that's very clear for all of them because my abuser, didn't even know what a boundary was. Like he would always push past that. And then also in saying that, like I didn't really know my boundaries that clear as well, being young and being vulnerable as a single mother. But if I did say no to certain things, then he would come attack me in the sense of like, like there's always some lawyer's justification to why my boundaries were not relevant or why I was saying that was not relevant. Like it was just so exhausting. Like there was no point of even having my own values or boundaries because he would pull them apart. Like they just, but like a simple thing I can think of is I had to share all like passwords of social media, phones, everything like that about mine but I wasn't allowed that of his like that was like another sort of boundary like oh because I don't trust you kind of thing like he would make up his own little stories that I was this unfaithful person all that sort of stuff and even though he was the one going around cheating and talking to ex-girlfriends and all that sort of stuff like no boundaries no respect at all they always make like soulmate uh, claims. That's why I would never believe anyone that comes up to me. It's like, oh my God, you're my soulmate. Like, no, because I've had that so often now is especially when you're in an argument or you're just, you're just over their shit. They're like, but you're my soulmate. Like we're meant to be together. Like, like they make those big grand gesture things. Like you're my soulmate. You're my other half. You're everything that I've been looking for. Oh, my God. It makes me even roll my eyes and feel sick just thinking about that we fall for that sort of stuff. But it is oh, it is so surface level. It is not genuine. It's not authentic. If they're saying that type of stuff after, like, a massive argument and constantly saying things like that to keep you, it is not a genuine thing. They'll say, um, I love you very quickly. Like, they'll go zero to 100 real quick. Yeah. Yeah, they will do that. Do they mean it? 
No. Though they do not mean it because people like this don't actually know what love is in my eyes because you no, like you that's that's not love. Um, they will say everything that you want them to say. It's like they have like a little Facebook group that they all chat on and they all exchange notes on what women want. Like they know exactly what to say or do to try get you to flip your mind. And it's one of those things how you go, okay, I'll forgive you once. If it happens again, I'll give you one more fucking reminder. And then if it happens again, you're fucking done. Like there are certain things as a woman now you'll figure out is that you will have strong boundaries after you've been through an experience like this. So if someone even lies to me, I'd be like, I will forgive you once, depending on what it is. I will remind you one more fucking time, like give you that sort of chance and then you're gone. There's no three strikes. There's like one warning. Second strike is this is your last sort of you know, warning. This is your last reminder. And third, you're gone. Like we need to be very clear and strong about that and articulate that stuff. Um, but, but, yeah, be very careful. And I think it's really funny this one is because in my experience, he would act like, the absolute world's biggest piece of shit. Like this guy is horrible. And then all of a sudden he'll do everything that I've ever even mentioned or even nagged about or anything like that. And it's like one of those things how you go, oh, so you did fucking hear me. You did hear me, but you chose not to do anything about it until you realize that I'm like this close to kicking you out of my house kind of thing. It's one of those things. So I think it's quite uh, humorous when people go, well, I don't know what you want. Well, you all of a sudden know what I want when you're this close to being kicked out of my house. Um, All of a sudden they know exactly what you want. And it's a consistent thing, this thing. It's not just like a one thing. It's like they will always do this kind of stuff on a regular basis. And I always say it to one of my friends. It's like a three-month cycle Um, in one of her situations. It's like this guy would, oh, I'm going to get my shit together. And then I was like, give him like, you know, three months. And literally three months later, the fucking same thing would happen again. Like they just go through this cycle of change and that's just fucking exhausting. That's just wasted energy. Uh, they make um, immediate sort of promises about your future. So this is probably early days where they're like, oh, I promise. Like I remember my abuser uh, when we first sort of started dating, he was like, if we're together, you know, three years, I promise to you that I'm going to propose to you. Like things like that because in their way, they're trying to show you that they're committed and everything like that. But now when I step out, I'm like, oh, my God, what an absolute crock of shit. It's like, That is the biggest lie of all. And thank God I broke up with you before then because there's no way in hell I would want to be married to someone like that. Actually, my parents wouldn't even let me. um, That's for sure. Um, They'll start putting you like on a pedestal. So this one I do not relate to because he always made me feel like I was a piece of shit. I was never put on a pedestal with him. But I know of other stories where, Um, all of a sudden they will put like their women on a pedestal and like treat them like absolute fucking queens. I do not personally relate to that one at all. 
because I was always beneath him. Uh, but I know of other women that have experienced it. Like all of a sudden they're like God's gift to earth. And you're like, oh, oh, really? Like that's not how you've been treating me for the last sort of six months, but okay. Um, sometimes th- there's that feeling. And I know like we've all experienced that this, like, you know, women, men that have gone through this, it's too good to be true kind of feeling. And I think that's one of your first initial red flag signs when you really look back that something's not right like if this person and this one really relates to a narcissist personality is they will always come across like that prince charming type thing that all they're ticking all the right boxes quick empowerment break as a dv survivor to thriver i have a new free ebook available to you all to help you with healing and escaping domestic violence and giving you the tips and tools on how i've used my domestic violence experience to fire in my belly instead of letting it control me or destroy me so grab your free copy today at www.empowerwithash.com slash freebies now let's get back to the podcast episode for you that it's really suspicious and then we as humans try get in our own heads go oh no I'm getting in my own way like I'm trying to self-sabotage this is a good thing no there is a difference like if it is a genuine good thing your whole soul like soul your chakras your fucking energy everything that gut feeling will all say that this is like your gut's telling you something, but you're trying to get into your own head about it. There is a difference there. Your gut is telling you there is something not right here. It's like the, they know the passcode to your phone, but you've never met kind of thing. It's a little bit weird and it's a little bit suspicious. Another one is that they move too fast. Like they will want to go zero to a hundred real fucking quick. Like they'll want to start dating. They'll want to try and move in. They'll want to meet the parents, the friends. Like they really try and rush it at you. And it's so overwhelming. Um, and I know that both of those times with my baby daddy and my abuser, it's happened. Like they have somehow made it go so quickly because they've both snuck in different ways, if that makes sense. Um, But now I'm super aware of that sort of stuff and there is no fucking way that I would let anything go too quickly because I have experienced men trying to push me into things when I'm not ready and it's not fucking happening again. (laughs) I can tell you that right now. Um, Another thing they do is they'll bring up like the bad times in the sense of either they're forgiving you for doing something bad or they're trying to remind you how bad you had it and how good you have it with them like it's you would hope it's about yeah look back at how far you've come baby girl but it's not like that it's like them trying to remind you that you should be fucking lucky that you have them is that's what it is it's like either well i have forgiven you for doing xyz like they'll bring up that sort of past or they'll remind you of your shittiest times and then try and make themselves feel like they are prince charming compared to whatever you experience like they're your blessing when they're not like so keep 
like be mindful of people that bring up the past because I'm someone, if I have truly forgiven you, I will put it in a little locked box and I will not bring that up again because that's that's done and I've chosen to forgive you and move forward kind of thing. But if you're someone or there's someone that keeps bringing that shit back up that happened maybe months or years ago, that ain't a good thing. They haven't forgiven you because they keep bringing it up as ammo to hurt you or help justify whatever argument they're going through with you. Another one is they they want labels too quickly. Like they don't want to be like getting to know you stage. They'll want like girlfriend, boyfriend kind of thing straight away. Um, they push for that because when they push for that, that means you have to be committed to them. And they want you to feel like you're wanted kind of thing. So when They can get you as quick as they can. They can love bomb you. They can trick you as quick as possible to make you feel like you're in too deep to then get out, if that makes sense. Like they really want to rush the process. So then you're like, but we're boyfriend and girlfriend and we're already living together. Oh, we have to work things out now. Like we've come too far. Like that's what they try to do is try get you in as quick as possible to then trick you and then say it's too hard for you to leave experience that um they become really really needy oh my lord like I remember so many times where like my abuser was so needy oh my lord and that's probably why I'm so oh I can't even think about dating because wanting to I didn't want to give anyone attention after that like he couldn't even go to the bloody servo by himself without needing me to be there. And he would go, he would always be like, oh, but I want to spend time with you. No, you're just a stage five clinger. Like he was really codependent and it drove me up the wall because I'm not a clingy person. I'm not a needy person. In fact, I'm the opposite where I probably need so much space that it actually might be offensive. <laughs> and that's why I choose to be single because I prefer my own freedom and stuff. But they always need you or they always need to be with you and surrounded by you and touch you and all that sort of stuff. Um, and another one is they have a different sort of personality when they are around others. So as I've sort of said towards the start about the attention and stuff like that or compliments, um, they become different people like at home versus when you are out. And this is not just like a little bit. This is like a drastic change. Like my abuser would be horrible to me. Like I don't even want to go into the details because I've already spoken about this in a different podcast about my story, but he would be fucking horrible to me and treat me like garbage and then when we would have to go out for dinner, he'd be like pulling out chairs and like trying to hold my hands and like trying to pay for it and just become like this whole different person to try show the world that he was such a great person. And I was sitting there dying going, you are actually a fucking monster, but you want everyone else to think that you are this fucking perfect person get behind closed door you are pulling me apart psychologically and laying your hands on me. Like 
it's crazy to think that they just put on this whole different mask and act like there is nothing wrong. Like I wish I could wear a GoPro half the time to be like, oh, my God, this was him just two hours ago. Like help me. Um, Another one is all of a sudden they love everything you love. Like this one I did not experience personally, but I've had a lot of people contact me like, I used to like X, Y, Z. They didn't like it at the start. And then all of a sudden they would like, like my interests or they want to get to know me like on that sort of level when they haven't been interested. It's like this love bombing thing. They're trying to like integrate themselves into your world so much that it's too hard to escape. And I have a great example where I had a friend that did, um, her sort of hobbies or whatever it is. It had something to do with the horses. And then all of a sudden this guy was there. He was part of the little community. He was part of like everything, always part of the events, trying to help out. He was never sort of part of that sort of stuff. And now all of a sudden he's part of that. And I was like, he, you like may see it as him trying to be supportive. Like a supportive partner would just go and watch like, if the guy I'm dating is playing AFL, I'm not going to be the fucking water runner. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to integrate myself because that's their thing. I will come to watch a game to be supportive, but I'm not going to be the fucking coach. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to integrate my life so much that we're together all the time because I think that becomes quite toxic because you become one person when you should be two individuals. Uh, but so just think about things that they've never sort of been a part of, but it's based on intention. And that's why I said it's really hard at the start for you to really identify this is their intention is not to be like a fully supportive one. It's to look like they're supportive, integrate themselves into your life so much that it's too hard for you to walk away. Um, Another one is they become really hot and cold, like, they was totally be off you. And then if you start sort of distancing yourself again, they'll be like really hot and all over you and compliments and gifts and all that sort of stuff. It's like a really big of a wave. Love bombing is a bit of a wave. It's as soon as you pull back, they will be all up in your fucking grill. And right now I'm just going to look up the definition of love bombing for you because I think this is, Yeah. Well, there's a great little article right here. And the first thing it says is it happens when someone overwhelms you with loving words, actions, behaviors as a manipulation technique. Like that's what I'm saying. That's why I said some of these are really hard because yes, they can mesh into gaslighting. They can come across as as one-off things very nice, but it's when it starts becoming all the time And it's funny because I haven't even looked up any of these signs and I'm just looking at some of these articles and they've said exactly the same thing, like the gifts, the never-ending compliments, excessive communication, soulmate claims, constant attention, demanding commitments, boundaries, neediness. Like, okay, I've literally just said that from my own experiences and these articles are telling me the same things, okay? So... There you go. My, it it is a thing. (laughs) It is a thing. Okay. So I really want you to 
take a step back. If you think you're going through something like this or you have been through a domestic violent relationship, this is your perfect time to journal. Like get clarity on your reality and you do it in a safe place, especially if you are in a relationship like this right now. I used to do my journaling at work, which was safe because he could never go there. So that's what I used to do to capture these type of behaviors or words so then I could pull it all together. But if you have escaped that relationship, I'm so proud of you for getting out of there. This is a great thing to research or re-listen to this and write them down and write down the examples that you may have experienced. And for me, it's helped me build clarity in myself so then I could really label what happened to me and that I was not crazy. Like I did not make up this shit because you will all know if you have experienced this manipulative behavior, it makes you feel like you're the crazy one and that you are making this up. But I would tell you right now, you are not making this shit up. And I think this is 21 different signs of love bombing as I said it comes in different ways Um, and once off things like ones or two of these things could be a genuine thing (laughs) but if you start building a list of like five plus kind of thing 10 I would guarantee you I had more than that I had like 15 plus of these that is a little bit of a red flag And if you are unsure of this sort of stuff, if you're really stuck in that relationship or you're out of it and you're still trying to put the pieces together, you may want to bring this sort of list of items to one of your trusted friends and that to go, okay, I need you to help me pull back, you know, the layers and put some pieces together because my mind's a little bit jumbled to what I experienced went through. Did you see any of these sort of signs? And they can help you put the pieces together again because I've had friends that have had to help me because of my blackout trauma where I legit don't remember half the relationship. I don't remember my childhood now, teen years, high schools, nothing. Like it's like a big blackout of experiences because it's my way of my brain trying to protect my memories from that domestic violent relationship where I knew he was getting in my head, but now I can't get those memories back. And I don't want to because there's probably shit buried in there that I don't want to remember as well. But that's a whole nother topic about trauma and memory loss. I think we, I think we'll go down that. And I think I'll bring in a professional (laughs) to talk about that sort of stuff. But I do hope this one has helped you love bombing um, signs and experiences that I have gone through. I I don't want to say I hope you relate to any of these because I don't want anyone to go through this, but I do in a way if you thought you were going crazy thinking that this was all in your head and no one else was experiencing this, um, you're not alone, okay? I want to tell you that right now. You are not alone. I am here for you. You have lots of loved ones here for you and I really hope this has helped you bring more self-awareness or educate yourself and build up your knowledge toolkit to become a survivor to thriver. So thank you so much. 
And remember, this is Domestic Violence uh, Awareness Month or Sexual Violence Awareness Month, depending on what country you are in right now. But October is all about this education piece, bringing the awareness, bringing us together as survivors and letting you all know that you can be empowered by this experience to thrive after it as well. I love you all. I see you. I hear you. That's a wrap up of this week's podcast episode. I need you to do three things right now to help yourself thrive and others to thrive as well. Number one, I want to make sure that you're following me on Instagram at either Empower with Ash or Survivor to Thrive a podcast and make sure you turn on your notifications so you don't miss any content or other podcasts. Number two, I need you to review and share comments and rate on Apple Podcasts if you like this episode and if this is empowering you because this will put me high up in the ranks to help other people thrive as well. Number three, share this podcast episode on your social media, tag me in it so then you can teach others and show others how you are thriving in life as well. And you never know, you might be saving someone else's life and helping them with their own personal development journey. And lastly, if you would like to share your story on my podcast or be a guest blogger, contact me at admin at empowerdash.com or book in a time now to share your story at www.empowerdash.com. Thank you so much for listening and let's start thriving.